0: Welcome again to the Stock of the Town podcast. This is John and Karen Pendleton with Pendleton's Country Market. We live in the Kansas River Valley, just outside of Lawrence, Kansas. We've been farming together for over 40 years, and we would like to share with you about our farm and our community.
1: And today we are having the good fortune to visit with a dear friend, a dear old friend.
0: Longtime friend.
1: (laughs) That's that's better. That sounds better. A longtime friend, Jeff Stafford. Jeff is here visiting from Spokane, Washington. We met at K-State in the mid 70s and have known each other for a very long time.
2: A very long time.
1: And Jeff is here this week playing with us as we get ready for the Holiday Farmers
2: Market. Well, I'm really excited to be here. I did this last year and came the week before and helped at the market. I had so much fun. I was like, John, Karen, when is it again? I think I booked my plane reservations six months ago, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. It's fun to be back on the farm and also to have all the great memories we've had over the years. Karen just said that mid-70s, actually it was early 70s, I started in 1972, and I met John... I think in 1974 when he came to K-State and I think I met Karen before that she came to visit with some friends and acquaintances who gave her a tour and showed her all about things and it was before 74 it was it it would have been
1: 1974 when I came okay so
2: you were still in high school when you you came but uh, there was a concert
1: I came up for a concert it was a Jethro Tull concert oh as I recall
2: I have no idea. Uh, I just remember going over to Putnam Hall, and you were staying with Cindy Morell, and I was over there a lot because Mabel Strong was one of my mentors, and it was a mentor to both of you. I was the hall director there, so I was over. That's when I first met you. So we're we're going on close to fifty years that oh, we've dear. known each other, and that's a long, long time to it know is. people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it was great. You know we we get to talk about things and remember people oh, wonder where so and so is, and often one of us will know, but I remember being in your wedding, and John was in my wedding, so we've we've done a lot of good things over the years. I remember one time I don't know some big kind of a vacation, but John I came home with you onto the farm, and the cows got out oh no and we've, we we <laughs> discovered that the cows had gotten out when we got home from some establishment in Lawrence, I don't know what it was, and I remember driving on four-wheelers up and down beside the railroad tracks trying to find the cows so we could get them back to there, back to the feedlot. Ba- back to yeah. the feedlot, because it would be bad if a cow got hit by a train. That's one of the biggest
0: fears of having a feedlot right next to the train tracks, certainly. Yeah. And uh, oh goodness, yeah. oh, i had forgotten about that.
2: Well, I remembered because as I'd never ridden on a four wheeler before, and I w- and it was cold, and I was petrified and freezing. So oh, I goodness. remember. Yeah. That, that that's one of those memories that sticks in your mind. Uh, Well, there's a there's a certain talent at herding cattle, whether
0: it's out in a pasture out in the Flint Hills or next to a feedlot where they've gotten out of their pen and, and you have to try and figure out, all right, how how can I open up a gate and not let others out, but try and get the ones that are out, get them in. And there's a psychology behind how close do you get how do you go left or right to try and encourage them to to go in the direction that you want to go to. And and you need somebody on the other side of where you're trying to get them to to keep them from going too far. Otherwise they keep going and, go across the tracks and once they're across the tracks that's a little bit of a problem but uh, oh my goodness well we must have done a good job because otherwise if something had been run
2: over by the train i would have remembered yeah well no we sure. we got them back in i didn't know there was all that psychology behind it oh. uh, i mean i grew up in kansas city and the closest i'd ever been to cows was in the meat market section of the grocery store
0: one of my memories too is in the early years, your parents were so supportive of what we were doing. They would drive over from Kansas
2: City and.
1: During
0: asparagus season, they would come over once a week.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I remember about that is that Karen was working and you were talking to my dad. And the two of you were going like this constantly. And so Karen was taking care of all the customers. And my mom was probably saying, Harold, he's got to go back to work. And you guys didn't stop talking for that. So that, that that was a fun memory. Well, I think Karen continues to think that,
0: too, that she's behind the cash register and I'm I'm stalling the customers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you love the customers, and that's why people come, is they can talk to you. Oh, and, yeah.
1: and Harold and I Rue Stafford yeah. uh, it will always be one of our favorite memories of when we got started. And, and like John says, they were so supportive and just were so excited mm-hmm. about what we were doing. And the fact that we were close friends of yours... And I think they really thought of us as their children as well, because of course um, yeah. we were so close uh-huh. then.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember my dad and I came to the auction when your dad said, we're done with the feedlot. And I really wanted that bulldozer. Oh. But, and I remember your dad said <laughs> when it came up, your dad saying, now there's only one piston working, but it still works. But the other piston is on our log splitter. And I'm really fond of my log splitter. So you can have it if you get me a replacement log splitter. Otherwise, you gotta find your own hydraulic piston to raise and lower the the bed. I I I remember remember that (laughs) log splitter, absolutely.
1: The only thing I remember about that auction was that we were selling a combine. I washed and waxed the combine.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: You told me we could get more money for it that way.
2: Well, I'm sure we did. (laughs)
1: Things yeah. I did. <laughs> oh, no.
2: But it, it's always fun for me because I'm here and I'm learning all kinds of stuff I didn't know. And in my life, figuring out how things work. So figuring out how your business, the country market has evolved over the last 30 some years.
1: Jeff has helped us tremendously in doing that. We didn't really introduce what you're doing now, so we should probably do that. Your position at Eastern Washington State had to do a lot with working with communication and small businesses. So Mm -hmm. you've helped us through the years try and figure out our business plans and uh, marketing plans Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about
2: what you just retired from. Okay, so I'm retired for about a year and two months. I was uh, a professor at Eastern Washington University for 32 years and it was my 45th year in higher education when I retired. And I'm just as busy now as I was when I was working, mostly because I'm not very good at not doing things. And having a great time working with nonprofits, and I've uh, got a two or three little consulting jobs. And right now I'm trying to write a curriculum for leadership Spokane, and some other things like that. So it's been fun to stay involved and busy, and it's also been fun not to go to any meetings that I didn't want to be at. Where. I was losing another hour of my life.
1: Well, and tell everybody what... You have several degrees, mm-hmm. and you started out in architecture, mm-hmm. and how did you come around to what you were... Well, that was a,
2: a wandering, twisty path, but it all made sense. So I got my degree in architecture in 1977 from Kansas State. You know That was a wonderful experience. And then I had a job at the university, and I was in a graduate program in landscape architecture, and one day I realized that work was a lot more fun than school. And so one summer I switched and took a class in student personnel and counseling and I was lost. And I was sitting there in class one day and then all of a sudden I realized that they were using really big words to talk about something that I'd been in charge of for two years at the university, and none of them knew what they were talking about. So I got my master's degree from Kansas State, and then worked there for several years, worked for a couple years in Texas, and then went back to K-State and started a PhD program. And one day my advisor called me, and she said, we gotta talk. We've got good news for me and bad news for you. She'd just been offered a great endowed professorship in one of the SUNY schools. And she said, I'm leaving. And there isn't anybody here that's in your area that can help. You finish. And she said, they ought to hire you to teach my classes, but they won't because you're not done yet. So the next day, I got in the car with my wife and drove to Lawrence because she was working at KU at that time. And I wandered around from one department to another and found a department that looked like a good fit, and it was. And the department chair said, and I've got a, an assistantship if you can start in three weeks. I said, sure, I can do that. So we moved to Lawrence. Or Actually, we, we were living in Topeka at that time because we were commuting opposite directions. But then we moved to Lawrence and lived in John's old girlfriend's house <laughs> with, with Mrs. Hess. Uh, and so... That was more fun because then I could come out and see John and Karen a little more often. But it ended up, we were so busy, we probably saw each other less then than we do now. So anyway, that's how I got there from architecture to counseling to my three areas for my PhD were organizational development, leadership, and research methods. And what I do now as a consultant is I help businesses develop their plans and trying to become more effective and more efficient by uh, their workflow and how they do things.
1: It has been wonderful to have such a a professional in the field help us with some things as we go through and maybe just listen to us complain enough that uh, you help us come up with answers to issues that we have
0: on the farm. But then I enjoyed the fact that he would share with us that we were a case study many, many, many oh, yeah. times in his classroom that, that he'd bring a, up this farm in uh, Northeast Kansas and would talk about uh, some of the things that we were doing and, mm-hmm. and how it, it pertained to your classroom. So yeah, that was, that was fantastic.
2: Yeah, it was, it was always fun to tell stories like that. I used the chickens as a story numerous times. So what is the value in chickens when you sell the eggs for this much, but feed costs more Yet at the same time, the chickens chase after little cherry tomatoes was so entertaining to kids that it brought more customers into the market. So there's so many cool things like that. Yeah, I'm absolutely. just glad we're not chasing cows in the middle of the night anymore. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, move as easily as I used to probably also. <laughs> None of us do. Yeah, None of us uh, do.
1: Well, back to, I don't mean to jump around, but back to K-State again, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I think the three of us got together so often is that we were all working in the residence halls at Mm K-State, and you were a hall director, actually, in the end, and John and I were both on staff, so we were in charge of other students Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to keep an organized, safe living space for everyone.
2: And not get in trouble. (laughs)
1: And and we tried not to get in trouble, too.
2: But no, those were great times. And, And, you know, and our kids were all born at around the same time. My wife and I were living in Lawrence. Was it Will or Margaret that I remember you stopped by our house on the way to the hospital? And I can't. Would have been Will because uh, uh, otherwise
0: it was a little bit more in earnest
2: with the two girls. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, and then our daughter was born while we lived in Lawrence. And so, uh, for me, watching your kids grow up has been wonderful because it's just another way we've all been connected. And, you know, I still follow Margaret on social media and every now and then get to talk to her. And,
1: and um, I know you tried to whisk her off to the Northwest and get her settled in Seattle with some job opportunities there. Some wonderful, wonderful yeah. opportunities mm-hmm. you were offering and, and you were really introducing her to some people that she would have done some big things with, but... That's when we found out she's pretty much a homebody. She likes to stay here in Kansas.
0: Yeah, so.
2: yeah, Well, I just picked jobs that I would like to have that I wasn't talented enough to get, and I'd sick Margaret on them. Who knows where she'd be today, but she's in a great place today, so that's good. Another fun thing, talking about our kids, my son Parker, who is now 31 and is a software engineer, when he was in high school, he said, I think I want to be a farmer. And we said, okay, well, we know some people you can go check that out with. And we sent him off to John and Karen, and he spent a week with you all. And you can tell what he did there. I think he probably did more fun things with Will than actually working on the farm but hopefully he got a little bit of work out of him well whatever we were doing at the time it, was... it
1: would have been harvesting i remember i think he did farmer's market it was middle of the summer and he had to do a lot of washing of buckets that's one of the things that's i hate to say it, it's the low man on the totem pole gets to wash buckets and there were hours of washing buckets because everything has to be washed every mm-hmm. time it's used
0: But that's not a bad activity for a youngster because that kind of hopefully incentivizes them to stay in school, work hard, not to say that farming isn't a great occupation, but uh, there is a lot of hard work to this and, and some challenges. And yeah. and, uh, and you've got to love it if you want to do it. Absolutely, and so yeah, it was fun to have Parker out here. And I don't think we
1: deterred him that much, mm. really. He kind of came away with the, that was something he really wanted he, to do.
2: He had a great time and he came away with a lot of good skills. Now yeah. a software engineer. Works wherever he wants to. His whole company works remotely. Wow. They meet up several times during the year, but it's a different world.
0: We didn't ever have Morgan come work on the farm, but she actually went to Kansas State University
2: mm-hmm. with her degree. So uh,
0: well, she was. And, a- and you
2: guys saved her on her car several times. Uh, oh. John, I've got to tell you, do you remember when we lived on 2001 Ohio street, there was a red cedar tree that was too close to the house. <laughs> so I cut it down and then John came in with his truck and we heaved it onto the truck and brought it out to the farm where at that time you still had a working sawmill. Right. We sliced it up. I've hauled that sliced up wood around all over the place for several years now. I just finally made some things out of it. I made a cabinet for my back porch that I could put all my smoker stuff in, and I made two charcuterie boards, and I also made one out of a piece of Osage Orange that I found in Kansas City that you shipped to me. I I remember Uh, that also, yes. uh, I created a bowl out of that. So anyway, it's ended up doing some cool things. Thank goodness you had a chance to go ahead and finally work on it. And of course, I'm insane for hauling a piece of wood around for 30 plus years, but wood's expensive. So hauling it around is just fine. And you have a story. Yes. There's a story. There is a story.
1: Well, that has been your interest for years and years Mm -hmm. is doing woodworking. And now that you're retired, I'm sure you're doing a lot
2: more. I'm doing a lot in between different non-profit things and I'm, I'm on the Cheney Depot Society so if any of your listeners like trains and old buildings and have a quarter of a million dollars that's all we need <laughs> to to finish the project uh, it's uh, we've been restoring it we picked it up moved it and it was a stucco building with red clay tile and it's 130 feet long and 40 feet wide and there's only two companies in the country that can move a building that big. They jacked it up, put wheels on hydraulics underneath with cables running to a flatbed that had all these things on it. And the building didn't move as it went over railroad tracks and bumps, but the wheels underneath Kept moving, and then we turned it around and set it down on the new foundation, and we're very close to being done with it. Wow, stucco yeah. to be able to—it didn't crack. Wow, it didn't that's crack.
1: amazing. And that's in Cheney, Washington, which is close to Spokane, right. and that's where Eastern Washington is.
0: Yes. And a year ago, when you were here, I remember hearing you talk about taking out the windows and trying to number them, and you know, oh. some of the trials oh. and
2: tribulations. On the depot, we took all the windows out. And then the people that opened the Mason building gave us a a storefront that wasn't busy so we could have a heated place to work on them. So taking all of the hardware off, somehow the labeling got confused. Oh no. And so then I went through and measured and got everything relabeled. And then when it came time to paint them, the labels disappeared again. It's like, (laughs) no, no, no. So we're ready to start putting them back in and we'll be open for business in six months. So yeah, it'll be a, a public use space. And we're looking for a tenant to have a little coffee shop and some museum type artifacts. So that's been fun.
1: So, John, you'll have to drive up for the dedication of this thing. You you, you enjoy that
2: drive so much. Uh Yes, yes. So, what, three years ago, four years ago? I can't remember. No, it
1: was like ten years ago. Because it was... No. Yes, it was. Because it was two months, or a month. It was just a month after I had had a hip replacement. Okay. And we were expecting a big snowstorm. And Jeff is coming through town. He had been to Kansas City to pick up things from his mother and had a trailer full of stuff heading back to Spokane. Yeah. And you got here. The snow was going to start here the very next morning.
0: So he had a van full plus a trailer a full. A big trailer. The biggest and, U-Haul trailer you can yeah, pull. Yeah. And as I recall, I think I said something. Gosh, I wish I could drive up there with you with with another van so you didn't have to pull that trailer. We could just take two vehicles, and I think you're... And then
1: Jeff said, okay, why don't you? Uh (laughs)
2: Uh-huh. And then there was all the reasons. I think you called your doctor at home and rescheduled an appointment or something like that. So then we start out driving. So, yes...
1: Leaving me a month out of a hip replacement.
2: Well, actually... Knowing that I would have to shovel snow well was not the shoveling the snow I remember it was the starting the generator well that's true or, too <laughs> or, which ran off of the
1: tractor the
2: tractor but you did it so Karen thank you so John and I are driving across the country and I send a text to Margaret and she was like that's so exciting Jeff and John on a road trip again and oh, uh, we got to just outside of Denver the first night I woke up the next morning i had left something out in the car and I walked out and there was a Eighth of an inch building up fast of ice on the car. And I go back in and said John, we can't eat breakfast here. We got to get going. So we got out of Denver, headed up through Wyoming, just barely in time to beat the snow and the ice. Yeah. And then we stayed someplace in Montana. And the next day, snow was coming. So we take off again. And I think it was Billings. Might have been. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, but we take off again. And we get to Montana, the silver dollar, million dollar bar, where they've got all these silver dollars around. And I saw a a trucker woman and I said, how's the road towards Spokane? She said, well, it's okay now, but in a couple more hours, the ice and snow will be built up and you won't be able to get through. So I'm like, John, we got to (laughs) go. So we headed off and we made it over the pass just in time. My recollection also
0: is we stopped by an auto parts store. Oh, yeah. And picked up chains. Right, right.
2: Because if you didn't have chains going over the pass, you could be fined. We stopped at the first Les Schwab that we could find and bought those chains. And then I was surprised because they had a policy that if you
0: didn't use them, you could go to another store in another town and show the receipt and show that you haven't used them, and so that that way you they give you your
2: money back. That, and I, I was impressed. Well, that with was that. nice. Oh, it was yeah. amazing. Well, and but you know that's a, another one of those customer loyalty things. I only buy tires from them and chains. So anyway, one of the
1: things I remember about that trip is that you stopped at Chugwater, Wyoming. <laughs>
2: Yes, we did. And you brought home some
1: Chugwater chili seasoning. Yeah. And now I just love to order Chugwater chili seasoning. If anybody's looking for a place to stop about halfway between Denver and Billings, Montana, Mm -hmm. in the middle of absolutely nowhere, there's this little town called Chugwater, Wyoming. There's no gas station there, but they do have chili and they have wonderful malts. And there's Mm -hmm. just a little cafe there Mm -hmm. that you can have chili and malts.
2: And buy the ingredients then to make it yourself. That's right, yes. I I just, uh, about a month ago, I just ordered another one pound tub because I was running low. (laughs)
1: Well, I sure thank everybody for listening to us as we reminisce with Jeff, our friend from Spokane, Washington. And we just want to thank you again for listening to us on the Stock of the Town podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out our website at pendletons.com. Remember to follow us at the Stock of the Town as we talk about our farm and our community.